My name is Joy Hall, Communications Director for Leader Onboarding. You're listening to Talent Up, Elevating Leaders. Today, we are discussing how to overcome the onboarding paradox with Dr. Linda Reese. Linda is the Managing Partner for Leader Onboarding and author of The Myth of Fit, Unlock New Leader Success with High Impact Onboarding. Linda, take a moment to explain what we mean by the onboarding paradox. I'd be happy to do that, Joy. Onboarding is a confusing process that is full of paradox. New hires are advised to go fast, to slow down, to drive change, but not change anything, be decisive, but not offend other people, and it can be overwhelming for them. In working with hundreds of leaders, eight pretty universal onboarding paradoxes have surfaced. Today, I'd like to tell you one leader's story. It beautifully illustrates how tricky leader transitions can be and why each leader's attention to their transition paradox is critical. Jessica's story starts with being hired to be chief marketing officer at a declining consumer products company. They were impressed by her award-winning work in the digital space where they had barely made a dent. When she started, her boss wanted Jessica to replicate the success of her previous company but at the same time to not talk about the company's failings or that she was leading a business-saving turnaround. Despite her boss's advice, Jessica did still come in kind of heroically, talking about her past successes and how she would help make things right in her new company. After a couple of months, Jessica realized that the trust and teamwork she'd hoped to build weren't there at all. People pushed back on her, saying things were broken, and they were not interested in hearing how she would fix the problems. The company wasn't making any progress either under her leadership, so she came to us for a solution. When we met her, Jessica said she felt stuck, and she wondered if the company really meant it when they hired her to implement these huge changes. And if so, how was she going to get those results when her colleagues refused to admit there was a problem at all and seemed unwilling to change the way that they acted? Confused and upset, Jessica also said she was seriously considering leaving. Linda, it sounds like Jessica was caught in a no-win situation. How did she find a way to cope with this roadblock at work? Joy, I wish we could say that Jessica's dilemma is unusual, but we found that it's all too common. We call it the paradox of implementing change versus respecting the history and culture of an organization. Overcoming this paradox really boils down to studying and using the psychology of change management. Jessica needed her new colleagues and direct reports to accept her and her contributions. Thankfully, she was open to the feedback we facilitated and understood that if she was going to lead change, she needed to make some significant changes herself. First, we suggested that Jessica demonstrate a deep understanding of and respect for the culture, people, and practices of the company. One way to do this was to go back and make things right with the people she'd previously offended, and there were a lot of them. So part of what made Jessica successful at this was that she made genuine apologies and then asked them for ongoing advice and coaching, and she made sure that that happened. She spent a lot of time listening and learning throughout the company, asking people outside her operation for their understanding of current strategy and goals, and then getting their perspectives on where the marketing team did and didn't meet their needs. She avoided finding fault, completely owned the responsibility for marketing's performance, 
And she talked about how to best drive growth, not to fix a broken company. Jessica also focused on the fact that the company had, at least until recently, owned significant market share. She asked her team to present their winning strategies for previous brick-and-mortar successes, then strengthening those existing best practices and morphing them for the digital realm. Truthfully, these should all have been among Jessica's first priorities when she was starting her job. But she recovered by being open to feedback and demonstrating resilience, shifting gears, and making these outcomes happen. Jessica also realized that if some processor function was not up to par, instead of highlighting it as defective or even blaming someone else, she gained more traction by talking about future performance and engaging her colleagues in identifying barriers and building solutions together. Then Jessica and the team created justification for change using logic and facts. They identified metrics that underscored the issues they needed to address. Jessica then presented her boss a business case for additional resources and put herself and her team on the hook for driving those promised outcomes. She got feedback that her choice of words really mattered. After that, she tried to limit her use of the word change because she was told it was a scary word for many people and that it was getting in the way of her progress. Finally, after further reflection, Jessica also stopped using the words I and you to the extent that it was possible and started saying we a lot more. So Joy, the eventual outcome of Jessica's willingness to stay positive and work towards a solution was the construction of a very strong digital operation while preserving their traditional marketing core. Jessica brought the entire team along for this process and they were instrumental to her success. It was time-consuming and sometimes messy, but it worked. One exciting benefit of their work surfaced almost five years later. At that point, the company had nearly tripled its sales. One question for you, Linda. How can our listeners recognize and overcome potential paradoxes as they enter new roles or as they guide the new leaders that they have hired? That's a great question, Joy. I would suggest that they listen for the expectations that others hold for them in their role, and then ask questions about those expectations whenever they seem to clash or not line up properly. They should also think about the organizational culture like an anthropologist does. So what are the rules and norms for how things get done and not done? And especially, what are the ones that are never said out loud? Once they know these things, these new leaders need to follow those rules and norms. When it comes to self-management, specifically new leaders should pay attention to how they feel during their transition. Confusion, frustration, and anger can all be indicators of paradoxical situations that require attention. New leaders should also seek feedback, frequently, and from a variety of people at all levels of the company and then they need to act on the feedback. Thank you, Linda. If our listeners are interested in learning more about overcoming onboarding paradoxes or other onboarding topics, visit our website at www.leaderonboarding.com. Thank you for tuning into Talent Up, Elevating Leaders. Next month, our topic will be on how to provide effective new leader feedback. So stay tuned.